What is going on, good people? Bound for Glory 2020 review coming at you, DJ and Justin here. Um, you can actually see us for once during the intro scene. Uh, I'm going to bring all the logos up so you can uh, make sure you see everything we have to offer right here at the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast. The only podcast as always, and I mean always, an Instant Classic. If you want to listen to us, uh, of course, you got uh, Anchor. Apple Podcasts, you can also Google us, we are, as they say, Googleable. and uh, if you want to watch us, usually first and foremost, we are live on Facebook, and then uh, YouTube shortly after, so uh, that's all the different ways you can watch us, you can support and, uh, uh, you know, share us and, and all of that good jazz, but nonetheless, um, we're going to let the intro play, that'll give you a chance to kind of see, you know, what this crazy podcast we do is all about, how funny we are, um, how corny we are especially Justin. But anyway, uh so once that once that gets all set, we will be uh ready to go and uh we'll get this Battlefield review underway, which I I mean, I thought was pretty darn good. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was pretty pretty good show. I think Justin agrees it's a pretty good show. Uh so he'll be here in a second and uh we'll see you guys in just a little bit. Let's get it. So welcome to the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast that is always an Instant Classic. And you're Woo! And we want to punch Jim Cornette in the face repeatedly until he bleeds because he's stupid. <laughs> we will see you on the flippity dippity. Oh yeah. We are officially live with this Bound for Glory review. DJ and Justin here, of course. Getting ready for this, uh, <laughs> getting ready for this review here um, for Bound for Glory 2020. Which overall, uh, Justin, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I, I-, I enjoyed it. I-, I-, I thought it turned out to be a uh, darn good show. Um, and you know, I was I was very excited going into it. I think I, I think it was kind of one of those shows where you know. They had some good feuds that were built up very well, um, and some good feuds that that felt like they were like, whoa, you know, um, good payoffs to these feuds, especially for your biggest pay-per-view of the year. Um, I think they did a good job with it. They had some surprises, um, which, of course, we'll talk about here in a little bit as well. But, Justin, overall thoughts on the show? How how are you feeling uh, after Bound for Glory? You know, I actually thought the show was really good overall. I mean, I don't really have any complaints other than like a few things, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Um, But I was like, this whole buildup has been great. Like for being a really small company, like not much people like watching this company right now. I mean, people don't give TNA the credit that they deserve. Justin, real quick, that, that, that deserves huge air quotes. Because this yeah. is the same company that's been going out of business since day one. That's been yeah, people. Yep. That nobody know. nobody watches, nobody talks about, but was trending. I uh-huh. think it was eight or six worldwide, but nobody watches Impact. Mm-hmm. Nobody at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's just crazy. Like people go, like people when the, people hear the name Impact Wrestling or TNA, they go like, oh yeah, they quickly write it off because they go like, oh yeah, they think about the bad moments. See, people need to give it a chance, you know, because. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what you like, as long as you enjoy what's being the product that's being on TV. I mean, yeah, they, they do bad moments, but I mean, WWE does bad moments also. You know, not any company is perfect in any means. I mean, you're going to have its ups and downs, but overall on this show, I, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I, I agree, Justin. I, th- I think it was a good, a, a very good show. I think they did some good stuff with it. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, like we talked about before, this show had its moments. Like it had its things that I think everybody was like, you know, I gotta see. Oh, I gotta see what this is about. I, I gotta see, um, you know, I gotta see how this feud plays out. There were things that like we felt like were definitely gonna go a certain way, and then they didn't, and it was like, whoa, okay. Uh, you know, let, let, let's see what else Impact has in store for us. So that I thought that was kind of cool. Um, you know, that that was a very cool little thing that they did where it was like, huh, th- you know, this this show's definitely gonna have its surprises. It's definitely gonna have its like its whoa moments. I think. Yeah, I definitely do agree with that. And like, you see, a lot of companies these days, like you know, I I go to WWE for that. You know, a lot of things are really predictable. And, like, okay, so when we were doing our predictions, either there was some stuff that looked predictable that I'd go, like, oh, yeah, I think they would put the title on this person. But, no, they go completely, like, do a flip of 180 there, and they go in a different direction. I like that because I don't like when companies are too two-dimensional. I like when they go outside the box, do something else, which I, I like that a lot. Like it makes said, it different. they uh... – Go outside of their division and, and between your division. The between division, and you know, you know, got my Patrick Mahomes jersey out here. But we're not talking about football. We're not talking about football. Speaking of, we, we do uh, <laughs> NFL picks too. So in case you were curious to where where those references came from, then there you go. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> like you said, I think people write off Impact a lot, and you know, people have this weird notion that oh, Impact's dead and they've been dead and they'll never be relevant again. And all of this, and, and my thoughts on that is, that's not necessarily true. Simply because we, we got to remember, every wrestling company right now is literally one star away. And this is a discussion I want to have with with you and probably Rabbit and and uh, probably Adam Casey as well. Like every wrestling company is literally one big star away from breaking out, and people don't believe that. And it sounds crazy when you think about it. But it's really true. Think about some of the formative years of TNA in in the ratings. It was when they signed some of their biggest stars. Even though people want to, oh yeah, that didn't, yeah that that was the part that 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 was terrible about yeah you know people want to close their eyes and try to act blind blind to it. But but it happened. So, and also I feel like why people don't watch Impact Impact as much is because they're like on a smaller channel. I think if they eventually you know. Because they, they've been on so many different channels these last few years, like, ever since, like, 2015. So I think if they get onto, like, a bigger channel that's, you know, on cable television more, I feel like more people will get their eyes on it, more eyes on the product. But, I mean, that's just in my opinion, though. I, I can see that, too. And, and I, I, you know, we've talked about this before, talked at length about this, you know, just about how Impact has this weird way of being on these odd channels and like, you know, some of their best ratings were when they were on Spike TV, which is a channel that almost everybody can get. I'm pretty sure practically everybody can get, uh, you know, and, and that helps. It, it helps to be able to, to reach in that way. I think, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that is good. It, you know, it, it does help to be able to reach, um, you know, in that way and be able to reach and see like, okay, you know, I, I can watch this company whenever I want to watch this company. And, and sometimes I think wrestling's hard to find, and especially now with everything going on and, and, like, having no crowd. You always have an excuse to not watch wrestling. And one of the things, speaking of not having a crowd, 
that hurt me a little bit last night and I felt like t- took me away from some of the matches, especially like, you know, we had these big moments, we had these big returns, we had shocking title changes, and there was no crowd to, to soak it in. You know, there was no crowd to soak in that moment of, you know, people finally winning championships or, uh, for example, Sue Young and her return. You know, nobody was able to be like, whoa, you know, and it, it was it's kind of like I feel like with Impact, that's the one thing that's missing, you know, because I like like this match that I have on the screen now with the six uh, six way scramble, uh, the intergender match that had, you know, included Jordan Grace going after the Expedition Championship. This was one of those matches that, like, I thought held its own even though it didn't have a crowd. But there were other matches that I felt like on this card, it's not that they were bad, it's just that I felt like I couldn't get into them because there was no crowd. I, you know, I had no nobody to push me one way or pull me the other way. But, I mean, how, I like, I, I cannot get used to wrestling without a crowd. Um, you know, I, when we talked about it before, AEW's done a good job with it, with at least adding some sort of sounds in or some sort of people, you know, at ringside or something. WWE has adjusted to it. Um, the only two companies that's, and of course, New Japan has adjusted because, you know, they've done a really good job with the pandemic. So they've been able to bring fans back into the, the audience at a more of a frequent weight, uh, frequent, frequent rate uh easy for me to say uh so i mean i feel like that's what's missing right now for me especially from impact like i think impact puts on some incredible shows but i get very frustrated at impact because impact at the same time is not adjusting to the times that we're in um now albeit they don't have the budget that AEW has and they don't have the budget or the roster size that either AEW or wwe ha- you know th- that they possess so that hurts a little bit, you know, that, that hurts a little bit because you don't have but so much of a roster to send out there and be like, Hey, you know, you know, help us out a little bit. Give us a little bit of crowd noise here, you know, and they may not have, uh, the means to pipe in the crowd noise, you know, like a WWE can or like a AEW can, uh, with the financial backing that they've been given. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm struggling a little bit with wrestling right now. Uh, and even with this show, like I thought it was good. It was enjoyable, but there were some things that, like, like I felt like the cinematic match was one of the best matches because you didn't need a crowd to make it enjoyable, you know, because it was in its own little, you know, it was in its own little deal. So you didn't need a crowd to make it enjoyable. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts about, you know, not having a crowd right now? It's kind of, it's, I think it's hindering wrestling more than anything. Like football, we can deal with it a little bit, you know, uh, other sports, you can deal with it a little bit because you kind of can just get into the sport without a crowd, but Wrestling is just as an it's an entire other beast that is not that doesn't really allow that. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, we talked about on many different shows before and like on our predictions or you know any of wrestling shows before. I uh, and like I like I said, uh Impact, they're not adapting to these times right now. And the same with Ring of Honor, they haven't been adapting with it. And like, like you said, you know, it's a smaller company, like a, a smaller company, you know, they don't have the budget that like WWE or AEW has, but they could at least do a little something, you know? I mean, they could go get some like crowd noises or something like that. I don't know, but it's still, even if they hired like indie guys or something, like give me like, like you don't even got to hire them. I think, I think some of these local indie guys or like pay them just a little bit, like, like, like not like barely anything just to come in and just be loud a little bit, just to come in like, some of these indie guys will be 
completely happy, you know, within the area, would be completely happy with saying, with getting their face out there and being able to rub shoulders with some of these impact guys. Like, it's that easy. It's like, uh-huh. if, if I had this issue, I would be going to get, you know, some of the young kids that look up to some of the college athletes or something. Like, I'm talking about in, in sports, you know, get, getting some of these young kids that look up to these college athletes or something and, and having them come out there. You ain't got you ain't even got to pay them because if I can go to a high school kid and bring him to a college kid and he can rub shoulders with that college kid and say, hey, I want to see what you know, you know what what how, what all do you do like like you know what's the workout schedule? How hard is this? Like how hard would it be for me to make it to the next level? Same thing with wrestlers. It's the same concept. If these indie guys can see some of these professional professionals, like these guys who are at the top of the top who have reached their dreams. If they can see these guys, talk to these guys, pick their brains, as they say, I mean, they would love it, and they would do it for free. <laughs> like they would yeah. literally go out there and make noise for free because it's wrestling. Like, mm-hmm. and that, that's the great thing about wrestling because, like, once you at wrestling shows, you can go be around somebody you don't even know, and you could you feel like you know them for your whole life. It, it's just crazy. And that's how the, you know that, that's how people with these indie wrestlers, you know, if they were around the ring and stuff, you know, because they filmed their shows in Tennessee, like I think Nashville, that's where their um, headquarters are at, whatever, in Nashville, Tennessee. So yeah, this get some local indie guys from there, and then like have them, you know, of course, you know, do some like COVID testing before they go in, like do some screening, and then you know they could be around the ringside, you know, for multiple tapings, like what AEW does and stuff. But yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, let's jump into this first match. Let's jump into the six-way scramble match. Um, good little discussion to start. Uh, this was one of the matches I thought was, you know, probably in the heading for, you know, on the top of the list for match of the night. You know, this this was a very good match. And what I loved about it. <laughs> You know, of course, with with, with Rohit and, and his character development that we're seeing right now, you know, is you know, number one, he's hilarious, and then number two, th- this is this has gotten Rohit to a whole other level. You know, Rohit was the forgotten man. You know, he was like almost, uh, you know, even though it was like he was the leader of the Desi Hit Squad, he almost was like the 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 scapegoat of the Desi Hit Squad in a way. Like nobody cared, nobody wanted to watch him. I didn't want to see him on TV. Like I didn't, you know, like like with the Desi Hit Squad, I, did, I they didn't do it right, so I didn't care. But now this is can this has entirely turned his character around and really given him new life. And I think I think he's done a I think he he's done as champion a better job than Chris Bay did in the short time he had as champion. I think he's really grown with this and he's really found his way and I think this could really propel him uh you know to a to another height I, I, you know after after this whole title run is over but this match was awesome um Jordan Grace looked good in this match I felt like everybody you know except for maybe um Trey Miguel for some reason Trey Miguel just looked like it it, it wasn't his fault it just felt like there weren't spots incorporated with Trey Miguel in them you know, to show him off or something for some reason. I don't know what that was. Like, this is the first match I've seen where Trey Miguel just didn't look like uh, he was that much of a part of the match for some reason. And I'm not certain why, because um, I love Trey Miguel, but it just felt like for some reason I was like, what's going on? Like, why is Trey Miguel not involved more in this? For some reason, he's not involved and I don't like it. 
Um, that was the only thing I didn't get. I felt like Jordan Grace got a good look in this match. Willie Mack got a good look in this match. TJP got a good look in this match. Um, who else? Of course, Rohit got a good look in this match. Even Chris Bay got a good look Willie in this Mack. match. Yeah, yeah, Will, Willie Mack. Um, he he got a, everybody, but but Trey Miguel. Trey Miguel, I felt like didn't get to show himself off. Um, you know, as, especially considering he's kind of the singles guy of the Rascals. You know, he's the guy that kind of is able to go on his own and, and do his own single stuff because, of course, uh, you know, Desmond Xavier and uh, Wentz, they're doing their own thing as tag, you know, as tag teams. Of course, they're still a unit. But I, I don't know. That that was the one thing that was weird to me. But, I mean, the match was good. It had some, some good spots in it, some good high-flying spots. TJP was some, with the good technical stuff, uh, putting the submission on every single person possible. Uh, you know, Rohit, <laughs> Rohit with his little equality screaming uh, at a couple of moves at Jordan Grace, uh, which was funny. Um, you know, Chris Bay did some good stuff, showed off some athleticism. Um, I, I, you know, I'm hoping to see a little bit more from from some of these other guys because it shows you how much talent this X division really has. Uh, you know, from the top all the way down, and and you know, the good thing about it is. When, when you think about the X Division right now, the, the, the bottom of the division, whatever that means, is not even that far away from the top because Rohit was just at the bottom not too long ago. If if Chris Bay's at the bottom, he was just champion. You know, the I mean, the only one who I, who hasn't won X Division Championship gold is uh, Trey Miguel. And the only reason, and, and of course Jordan Grace, but the only reason Trey Miguel hasn't won uh, championship gold is is because he kept losing to Ace Austin. So like and he's been with the Rascals, so he hasn't really had as many opportunities as everybody else. Uh so I mean I think the X Division is really solid right now. The X Division has some really good legs on it and, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what else they do with the X Division. You what what's your thoughts on uh, the six way scramble? Of course Rohit uh retained because nobody can beat Rohit. Nobody can beat Rohit. I mean, nobody can. Now, I thought this was a really great opener to open the show. Uh, I like how everybody at the beginning of the match, they went after Rohit. Like, he just, he tried to get himself, get away from everybody, like, out of this whole match. And, which I love the the type of heel that he is. And, like he pointed out when he was yelling out equality every time he got, every time he got into an altercation with Jordan Grace during the match, that was pretty cool. Uh, I also like this one spot. It was like a tower dance spot. Jordan Grace, she was like tied up in the ropes, and she just she just like does a suplex. She suplexes. I think it was Trey Miguel, um, who was Chris Bay, and um, it was somebody else. TJP. That was that was really cool during the match. Um, I think everybody kind of got in their like own little spots during the match. A lot of high flying, really fast paced action. Um, and also I like what, when TJP had on the, like the multiple submissions on everybody that was, that had me dying laughing. I like, <laughs> man, dude, that, that was funny. Um, but in the end, I, I love that Rohit retained and he, you know, he kind of cleaned up the scraps after, um, who was it? It was TJP. He had a frog splash or yeah, he had a frog splash and then he came in, hit, hit a running knee and then picked up the one, two, three. I mean, I like what he's doing here. Like, I love that so much. And he says he's outsmarted everybody. Like, nobody is smarter than him. And it's, it's just amazing, all this stuff, all the shenanigans that he's doing. And I enjoyed this top to bottom. And also, Jordan Grace, she didn't feel out of place during this match. Like, I felt like she might have been, like, 
like it would have been out of place. But she, you know, I feel like TNA, they do a really good job with these intergender matches, which not really much companies are really doing that. Like, I feel like Impact has always been around the, like, going, like, around the curb before anybody else. Like any of these other wrestling companies, like with intergender wrestling, because intergender wrestling has gone up a lot. Like after these, you know, ever since um, Tessa Blanchard a few years, like last year, she won the um, World Championship. So I feel like intergender wrestling has been improving a lot lately, which I kind of, you know, I I like it, but if you do it badly, then, you know, but I like it though here. Well, and and two, you know, intergender wrestling is. I think it's a little hard to book because you got to protect everybody, you know, on one hand, mm-hmm. you know, you got to protect your, your female wrestlers and show that they're strong. But on the other hand, you don't want to make, uh, you, you want to make it feel believable, you know, uh, especially cause wrestling is one of those things where you do not see women winning, you know, the male titles very often, you know, they kind of have their own divisions. They do their own things. And they really don't cross paths that much. So, like you said, um, I think Impact has done a good job with it. Because I was a little surprised when Tessa won the world title. Um, of course, from Sammy Callahan. I was a little upset when she won it. Because, of course, I love Sammy Callahan. One of my favorites uh, in Impact. I think his run was way too short. But I think they did a good job with her. Because she went from maybe the, and I, I mean in my opinion at the time, the top women's wrestler in the world to being the world champion that makes a lot of sense <laughs> you know that that that's what you would want but, you know that's what you would want out of it so i mean that, that that's my thoughts on that i feel i feel like that's that's exactly how you would want that to turn out but um yeah i mean like you said i think they did a good job even booking jordan grace in this match because jordan grace is strong um you know she's very you know physically she's she's big like like her muscles are huge like she's got bigger muscles than me and you combined so it's like <laughs> you know it's i mean it, like she fits in you know with this whole thing and, and of course going back to tessa tessa was so technically savvy that it works you know you, you just have to make it work you have to make it uh seem believable which i think sometimes can be hard because we don't see it enough to believe it so but to the uh, Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, I'm trying to remember everybody that was in this. I'm a, I mean, it's pretty much the rest of the Impact roster. Sammy Callahan was in it because uh, he didn't have a have a match later. Pretty much everybody from the wedding uh, was in it. Uh, they had a little segment before beforehand saying that they probably would have to have the wedding in the ring. So that's probably going to happen this week on Impact more than likely. Um, but uh, it, it was very interesting because some of the surprises, James Storm made his return, so that was cool. Uh, it was cool to see him. Davari, uh, I, I think, yeah, he did make his return. He's been in Impact before. Um, yeah. And he looked huge. Like, like this dude is is ripped, like shripped. Like, the man, like, the man hit the gym uh, the day after he was released. <laughs> like, like, the day after he split with Muhammad Hassan, he hit the gym. That's what he looks like. Like, goodness. Um. Swaggle was in this match. That was another one of the kind of surprises. Am I missing one? Of course, Slater and Rhino were in this match. Um, I feel like I might be missing um, one. I think I think you nailed it. I think you tell. I, I think that was it for like surprises. The I, it was, the roster. 
What's that? I think you know the rest of it was just like the roster, you know, like the- yeah, because he said Davari is Davari James Torben Swaggle. Those were the only three kind of surprises. Yeah, and I mean, I thought it was good. Like I said, you know, I think we both love Impact's Gauntlet style matches. You know, where they do the over the top rope type deal, and then they'll do the you know one fall to a finish ending. Um, who who were the last two in this match? It was Rhino. Hey, it was uh, Rhino and Sammy. McCallahan. Okay, that's right. Rhino and Sammy Callahan. Um, which which is good. I I thought that was good. That was a good move. Um, it it was interesting because like there were a lot of people thinking that Sammy Callahan was gonna win this match. Uh, so you know they weren't thinking Rhino was gonna win, and I think a lot of people came into it thinking that Slater was gonna win and save both of his and. Rhino's contracts. I, I was almost. I, I was surprised that people felt like Rhino would lose this, and the, I, but I think they were just saying that because they were going to extend the storyline with, you know, now Rhino's got to get his contract and Heath's got to get his contract. Uh, but so now Heath's got his contract, and of course Rhino retains his contract. So that's interesting. Of course Hernandez, um, and followed by they did their whole thing with the water cash. Uh, in this match, uh, I think Hernandez eliminated himself to go get the water cash at, at one point in the match. Um, so that, that and, was and Philip also eliminated himself through the match to go get the water cash because the water cash fell outside the ring. <laughs> right, that was funny. Right, uh, that that was funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, for for what this was, the you know it being a gauntlet match, it, it it was good. It had some funny things in it. It had some entertaining stuff in it. Um, and this this is one of those matches that I think you have to find the entertaining parts in it because gauntlet matches and over the top rope battle royals are kind of all the same in a way, you know, uh, they, they kind of come off sometimes being the same, but I think they, they did a good job booking it. Uh, and it was kind of a good little comedic at times, uh, funny at times, but serious at times, a uh, little, little rest for the, for the fans to, to, you know, calm down from the six way, uh, to start the, start the night. So, I mean, I, I, I thought it was good. Um, of course, Ryan won, um, and that, and you know, that's going to be interesting to see what exactly they do there. Uh, because, you know, uh, you know, with Heath and Rhino now, I feel like they might go after the tag titles. Cause I don't see Rhino going, I mean, I know, you know, I mean, I'm sure he wants to, but I would see him going after more of the tag titles than I would see him going after, you know, the world title or the expedition title or something like that. He's going to go after the, they're going to go after the knockouts typing. Right. They're going to go. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Uh, how are you feeling about the call your shot and outline match and how it played out? You know, I thought it was, you know, fun. Like I thought, you know, there were a lot of shenanigans during this match, but you know, that's what this type of gauntlet match is. But like you said, the returns in this match, like, Seeing James Storm come back, that was pretty cool. Hopefully, this isn't just like a one-time blowout thing. Hopefully, he's actually back on here because I would love to see a rivalry with James Storm and Sammy Callahan. That would be awesome to see. And also, Brian Myers, he looked like a Roman Reigns in this match. He was just eliminating everybody in this match. I mean, he eliminated um, Swoggle. He eliminated uh, Tennille Dash. But uh, who else did he eliminate? Uh, I can't think of everybody off the top of my head, but he was eliminating every single buddy until um, Heath, Heath came in the match and he finally eliminated him. But no, Brad Myers, he just looks 
he just looks really good. He's the most professional wrestler in this company. <laughs> that's that's what he calls himself. Um, but no, I thought this was this was a really fun match, and also it's a shame to what happened. It's a shame what happened with um, Heath um, in the match with him kind of getting injured. Like I didn't. I when I, I went back to watch the show again, and I saw the spot where he got injured, like hurt his knee. And like during the whole match, like he was just kind of limping around on his knee. So I thought that um, maybe they were going to go with Heath having him win, but I saw the referee coming up talking to Heath quite a bit during during the match. So maybe they go like, okay, you know, let's go with Rhino now because you know we don't want to because who knows how long Heath is going to be out, and like we don't know how serious serious this injury is here. Um, but no, I, this was, uh, so hopefully that he's not seriously injured here. I, mean, I heard it was like he tore something in his knee, but yeah, I mean, I'm I happy that Rhino that won and finally he, yeah, I, I had forgot about What's that. that? I, I, I forgot that, uh, that he had gotten injured and if he tore something in his knee, that that's a rough way to do it. Yeah. Uh, Cause he, he he tweeted something. Uh, he tweeted uh, last night saying, like, showing it looked like he was at like a um, hospital or somewhere and saying, I, I don't remember exactly what the tweet said, but yeah, he tweeted something out about his knee. So hopefully everything's all right with that because that would just suck. To, he starts doing something here, you know, everything just gets halted. Yeah. And I saw the tweet. Yeah. I saw the tweet. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, but no, this was fun. Like, like you said about the uh, follow ball and Hernandez stuff, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was, I was dying laughing at that. Um, but no, this was, this was fun though. I enjoyed it. Definitely, yeah, de- definitely. I, I, I enjoyed it too. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, like, like, like we said, they, they did a good job booking this match. Um, Speaking of uh, matches with great storytelling, uh, of course, um, if you haven't watched Hell in a Cell, not going to spoil anything for anybody, but in terms of storytelling, some of the we've had some really good matches over the weekend with really good storytelling in them. Uh, of course, Rich Vaughn and, and Eric Young was one of them that, that was a very good storytelling type of a match. Um, but one of my favorites, storytelling-wise, was... Uh, EC3 versus Moose, um, you know, in the undisclosed location match. And it, I felt like, you know, some people were like, I, I heard a lot of complaints on EC3's, uh, you know, his return and, and you know, him kind of not jobbing the Moose per se, but, uh, you know, him losing the Moose in his first night, you know, his first kind of real match back and all of that. Um, I mean... I think people are splitting hairs at this point um, with that, with that whole deal. I, I think this match was hard to explain. You know, this match was like, it was so interesting that it was hard to explain. And I think people are like, the reason I say people are splitting hairs is because number one, I don't think we understood what the control your narrative character was in the first place. We didn't learn it until this match. This match is what told us what the control your narrative character was and what direction it was going in. We always thought it was the fact that EC3 was trying to, uh, you know, 
we, we thought it was an EC3 versus TNA thing where, cause at first you, you remember at first when he, when he first came back, you know, that those first couple of promos, he was talking about himself and like, even in this match, he had, he flashed back to his, to his, his former self and not want to do things as, like, like his former self did, you know, like the elite of the elite EC3 version, you know, like, like Dixie Carter's nephew, nephew, he didn't want to do stuff like that. So for, for me, like, like at first it felt like he was talking about himself, but then you get into this match and you learn that, you know, maybe he's talking about other people, uh, specifically, you know, here, of course, he's talking about Moose being a real champion and which I thought was, was excellent. The way they told the story with, with, you know, EC3 was, was beating Moose down and he's like, you know, be a real champion, be the real monster that you are. Like, you know, if you want the title, go get the title. Like, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to hold a fake title to be a champion. Um, and a lot of people didn't like that. I guess people thought it was like weird that EC3 was encouraging Moose to be himself or, 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 or something. Um, but like people got to remember too, like the storytelling even goes deeper than that because what does EC3 hold, you know, as of right now, what does EC3 hold more dearly than anything else? The TNA world title. That's his biggest achievement right now. You know, that that's literally his biggest achievement. That's the biggest thing he's done in the wrestling business is held the world title and really like put a company on his back. So like, that's huge, like, like for, for Moose to come in and act like the world champion, but then, of course, have the potential of being a world champion. EC3 telling the story of, hey, you, you got all the potential in the world, but you're not world champion. Go get what you want. Control your own narrative, as he says. You know, control your narrative. And I don't know. I think maybe th- th- I'm, something tells me this is setting up like a faction or something. Like, the way it was. Like, him working with Moose that in-depthly, like, it's not even a word. <laughs> him working with Moose <laughs> that much. I mean, we, we make up words on here we, on we the Insta Classic Wrestling we Podcast. Be, you know, we're going to have our own ICWP dictionary. Uh, but him, <laughs> like, to me, him doing all of this, like, like sa- almost sacrificing himself for Moose, feels like they're going to work together in some way. Um, which is interesting because to me, like a lot of people are like, yeah, we want EC3 back. We want EC3 to be world champion again, but like, I can wait, you know, I can wait on that because I want to see what else EC3 can do. Like, that's the cool part about this character. We've never seen EC3 have a character like this. He's always been the elite of the elite. I'm better than you. You know, I'm entitled. I'm all of this. And this is just so much different than that. This is such the complete opposite. So there's so much more to this character. I think that we don't even know yet. And and that's kind of like and it, it reminds me a little bit of like Bray Wyatt too, where like there's so many layers that literally has taken us years to get to you know to get through. Like like the Fiend was a product of Bray Wyatt that Bray Wyatt talked about like four years ago. So like this is another one of those characters that characters that has so many layers that I think we haven't even stepped on yet because like we talked about before, EC3 was talking about himself at first and then he saw the mistakes he made and then went to moose about it and now got maybe it's gotten moose to be better than he's ever been so well, i mean wouldn't you want that like you i, I don't I, I mean i personally don't want to see ec3 champion right now maybe in a year or so maybe in six months or so but like that world title scene is so crowded 
Like, let the dust settle a little bit, and then let EC3 come in and take take the title. Like, that, I mean, because that's probably eventually his narrative, right? <laughs> like, like that's eventually where he's going is to reclaim what's his. So, but I mean, overall, I thought I thought this w- was really good. I thought the storytelling, you know, and it was really good. It really brought from some uh, clarification on EC3 and his character, um, and you know it really kind of brought out the moose we know and love, you know, the, this like monster moose, this athletic freak moose, you know, this kind of like, I can destroy everybody type of a moose, like this, re- this world championship material moose. Like, like, I mean, we've been saying moose should be world champion for how long now? Like literally since he went to impact and I don't, and he hasn't won it yet. This is the closest he's been is finding the TNA world title and carrying it around and defending it. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it though. I, I thought it was really good. What, what's your thoughts on uh, EC3 versus Moose? You know, I thought th- I, I really enjoyed it. Also, you know, this is probably also you have you been know out. what was that? Oh, I have been warned. I, I have been indeed. I have, um, can, and also control your, control your narrative. <laughs> uh, but no, I really enjoyed this a lot. This is probably one of my favorite cinematic matches of the year, in my opinion. Um, there's only like really one gripe I have about this. Like when those people were, or whatever EC3's minions or whatever they were, they were banging on the ring ring apron or the mat for a little bit. Like that was kind of getting annoying. So if that was going to happen during the whole match, I was going to kind of get upset. But but Moose, he was getting upset. He was like, "Hey, knock it off!" And like the whole those people knocked it off. But I also like the attire that. Moose was wearing like that all white attire because I mean we saw some we saw some blood here. This was very gory. Like this was very um, a brawling style match. Something that I would see in a movie. And I also kind of liked the music that that they were playing. I mean that's a small little part about it. That was pretty cool. And also like the dialogue that they were doing back and forth. Like um, you know Moose saying why why are you going after me? Why you know and he keeps telling him to talk and. I also like when EC3 was talking to him, saying, you know, tell him, like, the mistakes that he made and stuff. And he's saying, be the moose, be that monster that everybody wants you to be, like, like DJ said. Uh, and finally, Moose was saying all that stuff. And then um, I remember EC3 goes like, yes, that's what I want you to do. And I feel like this was helping both guys out at the same time here, even, even though that's kind of weird to say. I mean, you know, like, wrestling is... It's crazy because, like, you need both guys to work together here, and that's what both of them did. They both made this thing really good here. And I don't think there was really a winner or a loser here because, you know, there wasn't really a one, two, three. There wasn't any pinfall really here. So I don't think that anybody lost right here. Um, but I just like how cinematic this was, and I like the directions that they went. It was different from, like, all the other stuff we've seen throughout the year. And I feel like, you know, we're getting accustomed to seeing cinematic matches on, you know, on all these big shows and stuff, which is cool. And I remember the announcers, uh, Josh Matthews and uh, Don Callis, they were, they kind of alluded to like, so did EC3 help uh, Moose out here and stuff? Like after the match was over, like they were, but I feel like we finally got the clarification why EC3 is doing what he's doing, which is awesome. And the storytelling of this is awesome. I don't think this is over 
by a long shot. I think they're going to continue this more, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens with this. And I actually hope that Moose goes for the world title really soon here because, like you said, ever since he's got to Impact, he should be world champion, which is crazy how he wasn't he hasn't won the world championship. Like, it's, it's mind-boggling. He's one of their top stars. It's just crazy. But, no, I, I really enjoyed this. And I also like there was one spot during the match where they had the guardrail. Like, you alluded to, we were watching the um, – we were watching the show together, and you're like, there's just a random barricade like crossed over. And you're like, someone's gonna go through that barricade. <laughs> uh, that that was a nice spot during the match, but no, it it was fun watching that. It was, it was fun, fun match. Definitely, but like I said, I don't think there was really, really any loser here in this match. Agree, agree. I think they kind of built on each other. Um... Mm-hmm. Moving into Ken Shamrock versus Eddie Edwards. This was just one of those matches for some reason I couldn't get into. Um, I'm not certain to why. Like I, I don't know what it was about this match that that just wasn't resonating with me. But like I could not get behind this match at all. Um, and like I said, I think I think this is one of those matches that maybe needed a little bit of a crowd to like help it out to push us a little bit. You know, to kind of help us like find the emotion that we needed with this one because I just I just wasn't impressed you know I, I mean I just wasn't like into it I wasn't into this match like I was some of the others like I wasn't as excited about this match as I was um you know of course uh Moose and EC3 you know the six the six person um match early on even the return of Sue Young or stuff like that like I wasn't I just wasn't as excited uh going into this one I mean well, even with Sue Young, like, I felt like it, it was missing, like, the, whoa, whoa, she's back? Really? Like, you know, like that, it was kind of missing a little bit. But, um, I mean, it, it was okay to me. Like, like, like this is one I want to go back and watch again, uh, just because, like, I felt like I, I kind of tuned out a little bit watching this match. Uh, maybe because of the lack of a crowd or, or just because I wasn't really interested in this storyline, like, the storyline is interesting too because it it stems back to Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards' whole deal, you know, their whole ordeal. But at the same time, like, you know, Ken Shamrock's just doing Sammy Callahan's dirty work. It feels like, you know, in a way. So I don't know. Uh, it, it it was okay. Uh, Ken ended up winning with Sammy Callahan's, uh, you know, help. You know, he kind of turned the lights off with his little hacker thing. <laughs> you know, his little hacker thing that he does. Uh, you know, he turned the lights off and, and, um, you know, with it, with his phone. Right, right, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was okay. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on Shamrock, Eddie Edwards? You know, I have to do agree. I think this match, I'm not saying it was bad, but it was just kind of, I don't know, this, it was just odd. This match, I, I really finding myself really wasn't into the match. I kind of zoned out during the match and stuff. I think this is kind of the um, sleeper match of the show, in my opinion. Like I said, not not saying that it's a bad match because both both these guys, you know, are great in the ring and the two different contracting of styles because you had Ken Shamrock doing more of the MMA type of style of, you know, wrestling. And then you had um, 
you you had Eddie Edwards doing more of like a, you know, more pure wrestling type of style, you know, do, do more of that, which I th- I like that different contract and the styles during the match. Um, but yeah, I was kind of expecting them to uh, give uh, Ken Shamrock to win because, you know, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame earlier that night. So I go like, why make him lose on this Hall of Fame night? And uh, hopefully this is the end of the whole um, rivalry here because I don't want to see this continue. Um, like I said, is this? I agree. This match was just really odd and stuff. Oh no! And after what we've just seen, you know that big cinematic match, I feel like I don't know. Like you said, there should be the crowd for this match because maybe I would have been more into it. But I don't know. There's just something off about this match. But like I said, it was, wasn't bad at, by any means. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of how I felt. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. That's kind of how I felt too. Um, get into the uh, tag team title match with uh, <clears throat> with the uh, North, um, Motor City Machine Guns, the Good Brothers, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, at the beginning of this match. Uh, Alex Shelley got attacked and, and was taken out for the match. I don't know if that's because he was injured or that's because they just wanted to do that in storyline or what, but that was kind of weird. Um, it was kind of weird that he just never came back. It wasn't weird that it happened because it happens all the time, but it was weird that he never came back. That was kind of my, my thing. Like I was like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, you, you got something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I wish the announcers would have said, like, what was going on. Like, even the announcers were confused. Like, well, why is why is Alex Shelley not coming back out? Like, is Chris Saban going to wrestle alone? Like, they were kind of confused also. And, I, like, that just made me even more confused during watching this. Like, like, what's wrong with Alex Shelley? Like, so I there was a lot of stuff I was confused about, like, especially – I don't know if if it's the next match. I think it is the next match, which I'll be really confused about that one. But um, I don't know. It it was just I felt odd about that. But you can continue now. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was kind of it was just weird because I mean, typically we'll see this happen, and then you know, like like oh, Alex Shelley comes back out. You know, like it's not something that stays. Like it doesn't stick for the whole you know, the whole thing, like, that, that's what I was confused about, um, but, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it was a good match, it, it was good, and, you know, there were, there were, there was a lot of, a lot of things happening in this match, um, it broke down a couple times, which was good, uh, you know, these four-way matches are typically pretty wild, you know, they typically have a, a, a wild side to them, but, um, other than that, I mean, I, I thought it was good, like, I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty good match, uh, you know, I think it was, there was so much going on and I guess it's kind of like the six man match earlier, uh, and even the gauntlet match a little bit too, where these matches, you don't really need, need as much of a crowd cause there's so much going on that it kind of keeps you going, uh, and keeps you on your toes the whole time. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it, it, it was good. I was surprised by the ending. Uh, I did not expect the North to regain the titles. You know, I, I've been talking about for a while, what the heck are they going to do with the North without the titles and. I guess give them back the titles. Uh, so that that that'll be interesting. But I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose at Hard to Kill. Um, you know, I, I just because like they just had the titles for over a year. I think I think they became then I, I mean, they definitely became the longest 
reigning tag team champions in Impact history. So it, it's kind of weird that they decided to give them the titles back. But at the same time, I like the North so much that it's not a, not a big deal. You know, like I'm completely fine with it. Uh, you know, I'm completely fine with the North being, being tag, tag champions. But uh, anyway, what, what's, what's your thoughts on this uh, four-way match? Can you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, okay. So, like like we said about the beginning of the match, you know, with Alex Shelley getting taken out, I thought that was kind of awkward there at the beginning because, like, what's that? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> we good? Yeah, we good? <laughs> yeah, you were kind of off sync there for a minute, but, hey, you know what? We we all good now. We we like Impact Wrestling. We're really just going to sweep it under the rug here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you, some of the technical difficulties that Impact has, <laughs> you know, they make it look like... I just want to go back to one thing before I talk about this match. About them, um, Heath Slater and Rhino segment. <laughs> they, they had to count them in? Like, what? Like, come on, Impact. I mean, they haven't... I mean, it's not... It's just... I don't understand look, sometimes, it was like, funny. the technical Justin, difficulties that they go through. Justin, what was funny was that... Josh Matthews had a thing, I guess an audio issue maybe, with Balaba, and he was like, can somebody get us some audio? And that felt like it was more planned, but there was no planning counting them back yeah. in because they had already started the promo. <laughs> I just thought it was like, funny. Like, like, you know, I understand it, you know, coming from my background. I get it, but, like, it's just funny uh, and, and a little frustrating <laughs> when you're on the other end of it, but I was like, what is happening right now? No, but that that was the crazy part, though, in the show. Uh, but back about this match, I feel like it was kind of awkward when Alex Shelley got taken out. I go like, you know, it's kind of awkward silence there for a minute. And like, what the heck is going on? Like, is Chris Saban going to be able to go into this match alone now? But nonetheless, I thought this match was good, but at points I felt like because we, we always see, like, at, basically at all the pay-per-views, we see multi-band, like, tag team matches or, like, fair four-way tag team matches or triple threat tag team matches, whatever. And I feel like, you know, you, you wouldn't see some – you see some great stuff that happens. But I feel like some at some points it's um, underwhelming at some points because, like, you go, like, yeah, you want to see the good brothers do some amazing work. But, like, everything everybody gets, lost, like, lost in the shuffle – things you know you got so much stuff breaking down and it gets it gets crazy some points you don't even know what the heck is going on um but i thought the match was good and i was really surprised about the north getting the titles back and the way that they got them back you know with um i think it was ethan page hitting uh it was i think it was who was it it was one of the good brothers uh was it, it was carl anderson wasn't it Oh, yeah, it was Carl Anderson. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Carl Anderson getting hit with the title. I was surprised they took the pinfalls here. Well, maybe they have an excuse going, like, hey, you know what? We we won a match first. Or, you know, I feel like at the next pay-per-view or, you know, next special that they have, I feel like the um, machine 
guns are going to get worth and the good brothers go at it because that would be an, an amazing match to see but i and also i thought that ace full um ace Fulton, <laughs> what man man Fulton and ace austin combining their names here <laughs> i thought that was um pretty cool like the stuff that they were doing because i feel like we don't see like like I thought they were gonna be like the odd ones out here because you know they're they're newly tied team and stuff, and we don't we don't really see them tied up very much. But they were actually all their own's pretty good here because you know we we see the good brothers, we see the guns tag the motor machine guns, and then we see the um we see the North tag up all the time. But you know we never really see Ace Austin and Man Man Fulton do this. So I like that. That was pretty cool. And I feel like. Ace Austin has been becoming his like really own character this year. Like he's been really growing a lot. But like I said, this was a fun, fun match to watch though. But underwhelming at some points. All right. Um so another title change and actually match change that we had was uh we originally were scheduled for Kylie Ray versus um Deanna Perrazzo for the knockouts title. Which I was really excited for. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be great, right? This is gonna be awesome. I'm excited. Like like the funny part was like we had waited, you know, on this. Like 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 we like like they did a good job. We talked about it in the preview. They did a good job of like pushing this off and pushing this off with Wrestle House and and like letting it kind of just build a little bit, letting Deanna build her own little character while she was, while Kylie was away and stuff like that. And then out of the blue, Kylie, you know, of course, Kylie's music plays. No Kylie. No reason why she's not there. Just here comes Sue Young. Here she is. Um, and they're also, I, you know, and I don't know, maybe, maybe this is me nitpicking or, or, looking too much into the minor details here, but I also thought it was weird that that Sue Young it wasn't weird that she came back here, because I mean, they injured Susie, but like is Sue Young like able to heal from a broken arm supposedly that Susie had? Um, since they are technically the same person and that's been documented. Uh, that was weird too, that like you know, I, I mean I would have... I don't know. I would. I, I expected them to do something with the arm. Uh, not even. Not even having in a sling or anything. Just like maybe have extra marking on it where she like healed it or something. I don't know something. Uh, but that was kind of weird. But I mean, none of it's that. those. It's those demon powers she has. She's yeah. an all magical powers. That that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Um, this match was another one I really want to go back and watch because I I, I did enjoy it. Um, they had some really good spots, especially on the apron. I know Sue Young hit a, hit a really good, really nice move on the apron, uh, on Deanna. It was very physical. Uh, it was, you know, kind of personal too. Um, and I, and I love the, the kind of psychology of her trying to, you know, do the mandible call, of course. Um, that little psychology at the end with, um, you know, close to the end with Deanna locking in her submission hold and then, uh, so Young does the manable claw while she's got the submission hold on and she's got to break it. That that was cool. I always like stuff like that. Um, that 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 was a that was a very good uh, little little chemistry right there that they that they uh, exhibited. Um, but yeah, I mean this. I mean it was good. I was just surprised. You know, as you can see, So Young did win the knockout title. That was surprising, uh, and you know, really kind of threw me off guard a little bit. I was not expecting So Young 
to first off come. I mean, I was expecting her to come back, but not like that. Like I thought um, she was going to come back and maybe cost Kylie the win, or come back and cost Deanna the title, or something like that. Um, you know, that that was a little surprising. But they didn't write Kylie off. Like they didn't they didn't say like, oh, you know, she's injured, or, or they didn't say what was going on. And a lot of people were upset about that because I think AEW is literally just straight up saying like, hey, they have COVID. Like I'm, I, I mean, and I'm okay with them even like keeping it kayfabe or whatever, you know, keeping, you know, staying in kayfabe and saying, Hey, you know, having somebody come out of her locker room and, and, you know, like Deanna comes out of her locker room with a chair or a kendo stick or something. And, and, you know, no, we know. Or like Kimberly, or like Kimberly could have went in there, you yeah. know, took her out or right, something. Like, like that, that would like, they could have easily did that, but they didn't, they didn't do anything. You know, they just kind of let her music play. And then out of the blue, Sue Young came out and returned, and Sue Young ended up being in the match. That was also something like, like it's weird because on one hand, Impact has management, like they have literal on-screen management in Scott Demore, but he didn't come out at all <laughs> and say, okay, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we all know how he is. Like he did it with Rohit too, at the, you know, after he, uh, you know, not after he escaped with the title, but the week before or two weeks before. Uh, when he made the six-way match, you know, giving people opportunities and all that. So why didn't he come out and say, not sure what, I mean, even, like, he could have literally said, we're not sure what's going on with Kylie Ray. Uh, like, if the, if they did something, anything, right, like, we're going to go check on Kylie, Kylie Ray now, but as of now, we, we you know, we get, I mean, I, and I get it on one hand, she did, you know, uh, Deanna did say, I'm de- doing an open challenge, I'm still going to defend my title, so that does make sense with, with Sue Young coming out, but, like, it was just, I don't know. It's just weird, you know. It it was just weird. Like like, it, it was good, but it was weird. The match was good, but it was weird. Like, it just wasn't you know enough. You know, no, nothing was really explained, and I was like, but I want to know what's going on. You know, I want to know what's up with Callie, or at least I want to feel like I know what's going on with Callie. Something, you know. But nonetheless, I mean, good match. I I I've always been hard on Sue Young. I've always been. Like, I don't know if I like so young. She looks, she's just Rosemary to me. She's just a uh, 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 low budget Rosemary to me. But like, I think I've backed off that a little bit because number one, we haven't seen her for a while. Number two, like, I like Susie and I like the versatility she shows with the Susie character. So I think I'll be able to like understand her a little bit more. And plus, I mean, you got to remember when I, when I was first watching Sue Young, I didn't know anything about her. She just came to Impact, and they didn't do a good job of booking her at that time. They literally just booked her as a Red Rosemary at the point at, at that point. So, like, I, I needed more than that. And hopefully, now that she's champion, we could possibly get more than that. And and now that we've seen her whole little Susie persona, that we may get a little bit more with her. But I mean, good match, interesting. Where's Callie Ray? I want to know. I miss Smiley Callie. Uh, Justin, thoughts? Um. You know, okay, so this is the match I really kind of have a gripe about, and I think everybody does. Because, you know, we were all, I mean, even when we were doing the predictions, you know, you know, we were expecting this match, and I thought this match was going to be a great match, and it's going to be one of the best matches of the night. And then this happens. I mean, I'm, the match wasn't bad. The match wasn't bad at all. It was a good match. It was just random like i wish like you said about the kayfabe part you know i have somebody coming out of her locker room keeping a kayfabe you know someone injured her you know so 
So she can't be in the match. So that's why Dia Peraza is doing this open challenge. And also, you know, having Sue Young come back so quickly. And I, I definitely agree with what you said about, like, how they should have prolonged this, you know. Like, you know, it's weird. Maybe they should have had somebody else come out. I don't know. But having her come back so quickly is just random, in my opinion. Because, um, I mean, but I like how you could change her character on the snap of a dime. It's crazy how quick her character changes. But this match was good, in my opinion. And also, I don't like how all these people are speculating, going, oh, she has COVID. Oh, she got injured. Oh, she's on bad terms with the company. You know, like, that's all speculations. Like, I wish impact would have clarified what's been going on like what's going on with her like they but they gave nothing nothing throughout the night they didn't tweet anything they didn't put anything on social like they didn't put anything on social media and tell on the show i mean actually i heard that they did that on the pre-show saying that kylie ray wasn't there but if they but, do it on the pre-show they, exactly go ahead. That, that's what i was about to say if you do it on the pre-show then why not do you it gotta on do it on the main card what I saw, Justin, too, that people were upset that they promoted this match and uh, didn't go through with this match. But, like, wrestling companies do that all the time. Like, they write people out of, out of matches all the time. Like, like they'll promote it and then, oh, well, got injured, can't do it, right? Like, so, like, I, that's what, like, I don't have an issue with them changing this match on the fly. I just don't like that they didn't. Give an explanation. Yeah, it was like they it, like, it. like like they didn't keep with kayfabe or something. Give give us something to like latch on to so we know what's going on. Like, I mean, even like plant the seed. Is it is it is it, was it was it Sue Young that that did this? Like like what's you know like something anything? I'll take anything. Like just to know like why we're not getting like because you can't. Like I mean, I do agree. You can't promote a match. And then randomly not have that match, <laughs> like, 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 like you literally can't. Like even when, um, you know, they had promoted uh, WWE had promoted Apollo Cruz versus MVP for the Intercontinental Champ, no, for the US title that time, and uh, Apollo, they, I think they said he had COVID at the time. I, I think that's what it was. And when, when you know, Apollo wasn't going to be there. And they up to the point of the match, but they still wrote him off with an injury. So like, you got to do something. You can't just be like, oh, but uh, so yeah, uh, uh, so young, get out there, go win the title, your turn. Um, it also makes you wonder, was Kylie gonna win the title this time? See, because I thought they were gonna wait on Kylie winning the title because Deanna literally just won the title. Um, now does the and I and I guess I got a question for you. Do you think this protects uh Deanna Perazzo a little bit because? She wasn't prepared, you know. She wasn't prepared for Sue Young. Like, she, if anybody, she's prepared for Susie to have an injured arm. She's prepared, prepared for Kylie Ray. Like, does that ease the pain of Deanna not being the champion anymore? <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Like, I don't know. I feel like she just lost the title too quickly and like really random. Like, like Susie. I mean, Sue's Sue Young won the match. You're like, what? Like. That didn't make sense. Like I, as you know, we did in our operations. I had Deborah also retain him because I feel like you know it's just too early to take that title off of her. And maybe I, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't take the title off. Maybe they were supposed to take the title off her. But like 
I don't know. It's, it's just really weird. But I was watching somebody's other review, and uh, she was saying how, you know, since we didn't get this match, they were going, like, you know, what would this give you a, a title change right here? So maybe they were supposed to have Diana Peraza retain with um, um, Kylie Ray, but right here they go, like, you know what, let's just, let's just change this whole entire plan and let's give her the title. And then maybe they could do something, you know, maybe they could build something with a storyline go like, okay, yeah, I would like maybe this week on Impact, she's like, yeah, I wasn't completely prepared for that. You know, I want my rematch. So yeah. maybe they could do something with that. Justin, you like, know what's weird about uh, wrestling fans too is like on one hand, we hate long runs, but we hate mm-hmm. we hate when people hot potato the championship too. Yeah. Like so how do we please you? Right? Like like right. on one hand, uh-huh. you we, you you want the element of surprise. So you wanna feel like, oh yeah, Deanna's still gonna retain, you know, she's got Kimberly there, like you know, she wasn't expecting this, but but still, she's going to retain. And then we give you the surprise factor, but then you're upset about the surprise factor. And then it's like, mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. other hand, you don't want to see Deanna hold the title for a year plus because that's too long. <laughs> like, but then, but then on the other hand, if Ring of Honor does it, it's okay. Like, like that, that, like, I mean, we've seen it time and time again where certain companies uh, kind of get a bad rep for it, you know, WWE impact. I mean, they literally get a bad rep for pretty much anything at this point. Uh, they could literally go to the ring and announce a wrestler. And, and oh, that was bad. Uh, so like, <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. Brian is off. Yeah. I'm like, not watching the show anymore. Exactly. Like <laughs> they're going out of business. What? What? Like, <laughs> doesn't even make sense. So like, like one per one person leaves like, like, yeah, it's kind of over. I'm done. So, I'm done. so it's like <laughs> ring of honor. Like, for I mean, I, who was it? Jay Lethal held the title for more than a year. Jay Briscoe mm-hmm. held the title for more than a year, and that's because it's prestigious, right? But then, if somebody in WWE holds the Universal title for a year or the WWE title for a year, that's too long. If somebody holds the Impact World title for a year, oh, that, no, that's too long. What's the difference? Yeah. Like. Like what's the n- nobody's upset that John Moxley's had the title for as long as he's had the title? What's the difference? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what I don't I, I I'll never understand is people like pick and choose their arguments. On one hand, you're like, oh, you know, I want these long title runs. You know, I, I want the title to be prestigious. You can't hot potato the title, but then, but then you're like, oh, that title was too that title reign was too long. Like or, or too short. Yeah, I, I definitely do agree. It didn't make sense, but. Nonetheless. But nonetheless, but I thought this match was really fun, and like I really liked the psychology that they both had in the ring together, and the um how Diana Peraza was really working on um I, I, I keep wanting to say Susie, I don't know why Sue Young's arm during the match. Also, there was a really cool spot that you were talking about where she did like a it was like a side slam on the apron. Oh man, that was nice. That was nice. And we even saw um, Kimberly get involved in the match. You know, she tried to um, she tried to help uh, Deanna Perazzo retain, but she got misted in the face. And I also like that spot where they kind of um, were, had both submissions locked in at the same time. That was really, really cool, doing the mandible claw. And, and you know, th- this was fun, but... It was just really odd seeing the championship change hands, and you know, at the spur of the moment, like, like what? 
But I mean, I'm not disappointed in it. I just wish, like, like I said, I wish we got more explanation on why why this was happening. But yeah. So uh, for this next one, you are a real Rich Swan fan. If you expected this, you really are. Like you, like 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 you're. You gotta be like a legit like Rich Swan fanboy to be like, yeah, I knew Rich Swan was gonna win the title because I didn't. He shocked the heck out of me. Um, EY versus Rich Swan and, and a few that we have both documented is very personal. And you know, Rich Swan tried to end his career. No, EY tried to rent, tried to end Rich Swan's career. Um, I mean. For for this match was this match was good, you know. It had its it had its physical moments, it had its technical moments, you know, and, and stuff like that. That that was good. Like I'm thinking EY's gonna win. Like like even to the very end, like even when Rich Swan won, I'm like, wait, what? No 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 no. EY gonna get him power driving or something. Nah. Like like uh, Rich Swan hit that. What was it? Was it a Phoenix? It was flash like a, it was a Phoenix Flash. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he hit the Phoenix Flash, and then. He like sells it, right? Like, like he sells it, and then he and then he. Uh... Or no, did he? Win? No, he, he won by the Phoenix he Flash. No, he, Phoenix he, Flash. What did he, he hit? hit a, he, he, he hit, hit a frog flash. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He hit something and sold it, and then went back up and tried something else. That's why. And and at that point, I was like, yeah, Ey's gonna get his knees up, and he's gonna power drive him, and he's gonna win. And then it didn't happen, and I was like. Literally, like I was literally like mouth yeah, we, open. Yeah, we were on the phone, and you saw my face. Like, like, like my mouth was wide open. Yeah, I think we both said what, <laughs> like, like collectively, because it was like it was so surprising. Like, I mean, this one came out of left field, and 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 on one hand, I'm okay with it. Like, Rich One is not one of those guys that's like always like like always been a joke. So like, whoa, he won the title. It's so surprising. Like. Rishwan's always been a good worker, but he's never felt like he's been a world champion. Like, like I've never looked at him in that way. Um, whereas, like, I can take it back to, like, a guy like Sammy Callahan, who took a long time to get a world title. And I guess because he was small, like, it felt like he, he wasn't a, you know, he wasn't a world champion until he actually won it. But it felt like he was always on the cusp of being a world champion because his promo skills are a freaking one. Um, but... This is interesting. Like, like I want to see what they're gonna do because I feel like it's gonna eventually. I mean, I feel like it's 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 they're gonna probably he's gonna probably uh, give the title back to Ey. Probably at hard to kill. I think they're gonna continue to build this up. Ey is gonna go crazy without the title because uh, that's all he wanted, and then Ey is gonna win it win it back, and then probably have a pretty decent run uh, with it. I mean, I, I was surprised. I was just surprised because I mean. And I guess it was surprising because EY was on every <laughs> Bound for Glory promo, and they played him over and over again. So it was like, yeah, EY definitely went in this one. He was like the, the figurehead of Bound for Glory. Uh, and then he lost the title. And, of course, everybody came and celebrated with Rich Swan, which was cool. Um, but, I mean, match-wise, this was really good. I, you know, I love EY's character. Um, you know, and I, and I thought EY spit too much, you know, when he used to spit in the air and then bat it into the crowd or something, or you should just spit in the air and just into the crowd. Uh, but Rich Swan spits far too much. This man slobbers more than any wrestler I've ever seen. Like this man will get hit and like, like, I'm just like, really rich, really, 
I mean, it's got to be between him and Sammy Callahan because Callahan does the similar things where he just. I'm just like, stop it, stop it! Like, would you? Yeah, would it, looks, you it looks it? disgusting. Like, oh yeah. my goodness, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, yeah. Why there was a, there was one point in the match where I saw, um, I saw Rich Vaughn spit on his hand. I go like, is he gonna slap him in the? Fa- <laughs> is he gonna slap him in the face with that? Right. I was like, no, stop it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like. I mean, the match was good. Like, the match was just good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a really good match, really enjoyable. Um, I'm excited to, to see what exactly they're going to do. Uh, you know, with Rich Swann as champion, I've never seen Rich Swann. I mean, of course, I've seen him as, like, uh, we've seen him as X-Division champion. We've seen him as Cruiserweight champion. I think he did pretty good in those roles. But I think him working with Eric Young, like, is is awesome for him, too, because – Eric Young's such a good promo guy that like they them going back and forth like they can just build off of each other and really make this into a really uh cool feud. I, I got a feeling ooh, ooh, um I got a feeling that he's gonna um I I got a feeling that they're gonna have this special and, and he might go against EY at the special. Uh but I think EY win it back at hard to kill, maybe. He might win it back at the special, but I I don't see them, like, hot potatoing it that quick. But I do feel like EY is going to win because I – I mean, besides who, Moose, like, who else is ready to have a title, you know, a title reign right now that, like, makes sense? That's about it. No, Yeah, that's about all right now. I mean, I think that's kind of what's lacking right now is the main event picture. You know, I feel like that we need more people up there right now. But at the same time, I don't want too many people because then people get lost in the shuffle of things. Especially, you know, that's what happened. To, that's what happens in WWE. But no, this match. This match was fun. Like I really enjoyed like the two different contracting of styles between both guys. You know, you had the more methodical pace of um, Eric Young, and you had the more high flying style, the more fast paced style with Rich Swan, which is real, really cool. Real quick. Uh, the- Speaking of styles, uh, and not AJ, but speaking of styles, it was interesting because I, I like how, you know, and the commentators did a good job pointing this out, but like, it was at one point where, uh, Rich Swan got dumped on the apron and like, landed oh, yeah, he got dumped on his head, dude. That yeah, was a good And then spot. EY started to go after his, his neck instead of his leg because that's what, uh-huh. uh, Swan was expecting for him to go after his leg. That, that was very yeah. good storytelling. Yeah, that was really good. There, like, there was this one spot. They were on top rope, and Eric Young hit this nice neck breaker off the top rope. I got like, oh man, dude, that that was a good, good spot there to match. But I like how Eric Young, like, it's it's crazy the stuff, the noises that they make without without there being any crowd is crazy. Like you hear you hear this like weird noises that they make. You go like, Ugh. like especially. Um, Eric Young, he's making these like weird gasping noises. He's going like, like breathing noises. It's crazy. Um, and you know, back to stuff he's saying about um, Rich Swan spitting a lot. You know, it looks like he has some blood coming up. You know, bleeding out of his mouth a little bit during the match. And the announcers even alluded to that. And also, I like how um, Eric Young he was targeting the neck of Eddie. I mean, I Eddie Edwards Jeepers. This is <laughs> oh man, Eric Young, Eric. Wait now, out. Rich Swan. Okay, there we go. Finally, 
No, but also I like when uh, Eric Young was talking and he was like, you're almost there, Rich. You're almost there. Like he was trying to pull himself up. You're almost to the turnbuckle. You can make it. And then he just punches him back down. And like he keeps talking to me. He goes like, stay down. Stay down. I just just love the dialogue that uh, Eric Young was saying to Rich Swan. He was like, you're almost there. You can make it. You you're gonna you want to be that person who never dies. You can make it. No, but I really love that there. Um, but like I said, like hit Rich Swan actually winning the title was like shocking. I go like my mouth was on the floor. I go like what the heck just happened? Like did he actually just win? Like it might dream it or something. But I like that he's the world champion because. You know, it builds up new stars to go up to the main event scene. Because I remember back when Eric Young first won, won the world title, like, uh, he's not going to be a serious world champion. But I like how they're building new stars over here in TNA. Like, okay, maybe this guy could be a world champion. But, you know, in different companies, we never see them in this type of role. So, which is going to be pretty cool to see here. See what happens with this. But uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed this match. And probably one of the best matches of the year for Impact. One of the best matches, in my opinion. Well, and we talked about it, too. Sometimes when you win the world title, it, like, changes your entire stock. Like, it in, it changes, like, exactly who you are. Like, I I mean, I, I understand that uh, Casey's a big fan of mid-card EY and, like, everything that EY's ever done. But, like, WWE's not signing EY without a world t- without that world title run. It's not happening. Exactly. Um, same thing with uh, AJ. Like, I, I love AJ, and I think AJ's great. But AJ didn't didn't start like being the this best wrestler in the world until when? Till he won the world title, like. Uh, and, and until he went over to like New Japan, saying, "Oh, yeah, everybody was talking about AJ Styles, AJ Styles," and but that was after then, he became world champion in TNA. Yeah, after, to, yeah, to yeah. Put him on that, you know, to elevate. Put him, him on to the back. Point. Yeah, yeah. Like same thing with like a a guy like like Christian when he came in. You know, like, when he came in, he just felt so different when he won the title. Like, it was like, whoa, like, this is Christian? This is Christian? Are you kidding? <laughs> so, like, that, you know, that you know that kind of, like, I feel like winning the world title does change who you are. Same thing with gender. Gender's another one that, like, nobody, like, zero people, a zero people were thinking that gender, number one, was going to win the title. But we're, we're like, you know what? Gender, man, I'm telling... But when he won the title, you're like, I could see this. You know, I, I could I could see this. Yeah, I definitely did agree. Like, that really changes your stock once you win that world championship. And then, you know, when, you know, like, say, I don't know, say which one ever goes back to WWE, you know. This could change his whole stock over there in WWE. But, you know, I feel like, if you will go back right now, you know, he's he's a little too small, you know, and, you know, Vince likes them big guys, but no, but I'm happy Rich won the title here, you know, but I felt, and you, I think you agree with this also, I felt like this match, they should have had a crowd here, and they should have had a crowd for, like, at least have the rest, these wrestlers who came out and congratulated him should have been out ringside, you know, cheering for Rich during the match. They, they should have had that. Which I, I don't understand why they didn't do that. But, yeah, it was, it was good, though. Yeah, de- definitely agree. I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I, I loved Bound for Glory. Uh, I, I, th- I thought it was really good. Uh, real quick, 
because I, I think we're about done. Um, real quick, I'm going to pop up the different ways you can listen slash watch. Uh, while we talk about our match of the night, what would be, Justin, your match of the night? Mine? Moose versus EC3. Perfect storytelling match. Cinematic match. You don't need a crowd for it. Like, I don't get the clarity on EC3's character until now. Without that match, I'm still like, whose narrative is EC3 controlling? So, what's your match of the night? Okay, so this is kind of hard. Okay, so mine's either between the main event or the Moose and EC3. Hmm. You know, I'm going to have to say the main event here just because of, like, of the shock value and how well these guys work together in the ring. But th- my second pick would, like, I think this is really dead even, though. The Moose and the Moose and EC3 and the main event. But uh, this, like I said, I mean, there was not really anything bad on this show. Like, everything was actually pretty good on here. Except for, like, some weird decisions, like, you know, not clarifying things. But, no, it, it was good, though. Was Take out the fun. technical difficulties and the uh, some of the weird decisions. You know, we, we got a uh, Jameis Winston. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but but uh, Jameis Winston type show? No. But uh, definitely, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed Bound for Glory this year. Um, I want to go back and, you know, we always talk about going back and watching some older ones and seeing, like, so, somebody said, somebody qu- was quoted to say, and I wish I knew his name because I called him out, but some, somebody said, this is the worst Bound for Glory since 2017. I don't even remember 2017 right off the top of my head. Uh, but I, I kind of disagree because I thought this was a pretty good show. Like, I think you put a crowd in, I think you put a crowd in this, you know, in this arena, and I think this is one of the best shows of the year. If you if you put a crowd in this arena to to keep everybody going, I you know this is because I mean like AEW's had some duds this year, um, so I mean I mean of course WWE I mean I think this is I think it's been a pretty strong year for WWE. They've had a couple of iffy pay per views, but I mean I think given the circumstances, I think it, I think it was a pretty good show. Uh, you know, it had the shock value in it, which is what you want from your biggest pay per view of the year. So. Yeah, I, I got. I, I mean, I think this is a really solid show. Um, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, I mean, like I said, a really solid show. I mean, yeah, one of the best shows of the year for in professional wrestling to be like in general. Like it, it was fun, and I feel like you know if they worked out some of these duds, this could be like even better than that. You know what I mean? Like. So it it was fun though. I I enjoyed it. Agreed. I think we are going to do the uh, Hell in a Cell review possibly Tuesday. I know I'll be doing some things with uh, Justin on uh, Juggernaut Zero Nine Seven's uh, YouTube channel. So we'll be over there um, doing some reviews. I think I don't know if we're doing one for this one. I can't I can't remember right off the top of my head, Justin. What what are we doing? I think we're, we're going to do the Hell in a Cell review um, tomorrow. Right. So and then, yeah, yeah, we'll do the Hell in Cell review tomorrow, and then um, we're also going to do a, probably a watch along. I don't know which channel we're going to do it on yet. Um, right. Right. We're going to do watch along for Halloween Havoc 1997. Right. And and of course, you know, on this channel, we you know tomorrow night we're gonna we got you know week. Seven, we ate 
Damn, yeah. I can't believe it's going to be week eight already. Week, week eight. Goodness, crazy. thank the Lord we're past the bye week. Oh, my goodness. It's so bad. Now it's Ravens-Steelers week, baby. I'm excited. Oh, goodness. Oh, and I got to hear the Steelers be undefeated for one more week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, some of the other things that, that we got coming, we got some discussions coming. Uh, definitely the Otis discussion. Uh, is, is, is coming soon. Um, I, I think we're supposed to do something on workhorses and definitely a discussion on, uh, you know, wrestling companies being or what wrestling companies are potentially one star away from being, uh, you know, competition to WWE possibly. But nonetheless, um, you know, if you haven't already, you know, give this video a like or, or a share or wherever you may be. Share share whatever platform you're, you're listening slash watching this on. Um, make sure you tag us, ICW underscore podcast on Twitter or on Facebook, the Classic Wrestling Podcast. But other than that, hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you guys on the next one. See you guys uh, very, very soon, especially for our uh, listening audience. Of course, for picks. And uh, other than that, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, Justin, for coming by. For DJ, we'll see you.